Greetings and happy holidays, friends. When I realized a few months ago that Christmas Eve is taking place on a Monday night, the same night that we typically record a podcast, I had the bright idea to throw a party and make a podcast out of it. So we invited all of our friends of the podcast, former guests, audience members, anybody and everybody out to enjoy an evening of each other's company, some food, and record a podcast. It was an awesome time. Uh, The turnout was great. I thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with each and every one of you guys. And what you're about to listen to is what came from that. So hope you guys enjoy the show. It was a ton of fun. I can't wait to do it again next year. Before we start, I do want to remind you guys that taking place next week, January 1st, Ring in the New Year with Res Hope and Spiritual Adrenaline. They're hosting a day one event for Tom Shanahan's new book titled Spiritual Adrenaline, Strength and Nourish Your Recovery. It's being released in January and Tom's coming down from New York City for this event that will be held at CrossFit 2232 in Bryson City, North Carolina at 1121 Main Street from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. on New Year's Day. You can meet Tom, get a signed copy of the book, and Caleb has a ton of pretty cool activities planned for the day. So it's going to be a ton of fun. We hope to see you guys out there. With that being said, give it up for the NC Raw Christmas Party. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Ready, set, go. Holiday wisdom. I'm ready. I'm ready. Holiday wisdom. I am the little elf to Stephen Santa Claus. I don't even know about that, man. I don't know. This is the, t- the table of big dogs, man. I feel privileged to have you here. Just, a, just an assistant elf. Assistant elf. Yeah, just trying to be helpful. So you were telling me about your, um, about your wife telling you you're not funny. You bring in the humor tonight. Well, this is the other thing my wife's really grumpy about. She's really mad about is that uh, I was talking to Stephen about his story for a project I'm doing, and I got way, way into the conversation. I was like, Stephen is a wise man, 
and he was talking about meditation. I was like, that is it. I'm getting a lot of like issues. I'm going to start meditating. I went running home to my wife and I was like, I'm going to just mellow out. I'm going to meditate. And she teaches yoga. And she's been teaching yoga and wanted me to do that for like 20 years. And she's like, I'm going to hit you upside the head because I mean, telling you to meditate and do yoga for two decades. You see Steven for like one hour and you're a convert. One dude. Oh my goodness. She's so mad at both of us. So she, she'll never, she's like, no, no. Uh, I hard sold it that good, huh? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, when I listen, I get into things. Like, I really get into people. And we had a great conversation. I was like, oh, I am so into Stephen, Stephen's story and all the stuff he's talking about. So, for those of you that don't, that don't know, this is my man, Johnny Kennedy. And why don't you um, introduce yourself to the audience and kind of tell them about the project that you're working on? Because a lot of people in the area have you've made contact with, yeah. but might have some opportunity to gain some new potential. Oh yeah. So thank you. Thank Stories. You. And Lauren, thank you. Thank you for being here too. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, so, uh, long story short, I guess, is that uh, I have a couple of people in my family who deal with addiction and recovery. And for like 20 years, like people were like, you have to ignore them. You have to like cast them aside until they get their act together. That's the best way you can for loving them. And it seemed really, really, really disempowering to be in that space and just pretty much made me feel really uncomfortable and kind of freak out as that was the prescribed notion. And I did a documentary for PBS Frontline about people leaving the prison system. And my big worry was like dealing with people who are using or recovery, was that gonna like trigger stuff from my like 20 years of family stuff? And then when I actually hung out with them and talked with them and heard their story and got to understand them, I was like, I don't feel any of that. I feel like I'm getting information that's really useful for me to like, you know, assess my own family, my own relationships, and like how I feel towards my, my parent and my brother, and like feel close to them and understand them. And so then there was a chance for a foundation, Open Society Foundations, was, was like, we're doing some funding on opioid issue, and they're like, what do you want to do? And I jumped on that. I was like, you know, I had this really interesting and powerful experience meeting people leaving the prison system who were dealing with addiction and recovery. And I was like, I want to dig in further. And I was like, I, what I want to do is uh, listen to 100 people who are in recovery or using or anywhere on that spectrum. Just listen to them for an hour about what their story and what they're seeing. And I think that's going to, I'm going to be empowered by that experience. I hope they're going to be empowered by that experience. And then, I know I'm talking too much, but the other thing I love about this project is like, at my core, I'm a punk. And like, I'm anti-establishment, like I don't like the system, I just don't like it. And I feel like this is a great example of the system has been idiotic for decades. Like it's done mass incarceration of people with addiction issues and mental health issues. It's done like over prescription of opioids across the country, like corp corporate America gone crazy. And then it stopped it and it's been like, okay, all you addicts or people who are relying on these medications, uh, you know, try and figure that out. And so on top of it, I think healing me and empowering me and hopefully healing and empowering the person I talk to, hopefully the stories and data will be great for me to be like 
stick it in people's faces and yeah. be like, you got it wrong. You've been wrong for decades. Why Why don't you sit down with someone who's gone through this journey themselves? The punk and you's bringing it to them. Yeah, why don't you just sit down across from someone who's gone through this experience and have learn what they know? Because that will be way more useful because you've made bad calls for like decades on this issue. And, and do what you do best, which is win some awards. I want to, yeah, it's crazy. I won a couple of awards. Um, I, now I'm definitely talking too much. The no, other, no, we won't hear about it. The other aspect, which this is really rewarding for me, is my mom. My mom was just a regular mom, as far as I knew. She's just a regular mom doing her stuff, looking after the kids and stuff like that. And then we moved from England to New Haven, Connecticut, when I was a teenager, when the AIDS crisis started, and she was an executive at an insurance company and she was like hey we got to figure out what we need to do insurance company wise because a lot of people are going to need uh to deal with medication and end of life issues it's going to cost a lot of money let's get ahead of that and the insurance company was like no we don't have to do that we don't have to do that and my mom quit the insurance company and was like all right fuck, you know punk rock that shit up and she was like i'm going to start an aids <laughs> hospice in new haven connecticut by myself. Mm -hmm. And she went and it took her five years. She got like administration de degrees on top of her degrees already. She talked, she got the governor to figure out how to Connecticut was going to fund this thing. She got it passed legally. And it was the first AIDS hospice in Connecticut. And I was like a bratty teenage boy, obviously. But like my most incredible experience of growing up was witnessing my mom, who I always thought was so normal, like being like, no, you guys are wrong. This is how it has to be. So. To be able to also get into that space feels cool. Now I've talked too much. To get to the bottom of the story, now we know where it all where it all started. <laughs> yeah, my mom rocked that thing out. She was like, "Let's so do the change." You do know who the New Haven Ravens are, then? I do know who the New Haven. I went and seen them. Uh, my, my dad used to live <laughs> out there in New Haven. So your like, dad lived in New Haven? Yeah, he did. Um, oh, when man. I was way young, he took me to it. They're like a farm team, right? For one of the MLB. Yeah, teams. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got out and I want to. I got a baseball from the New Haven. <laughs> That's what I thought of when I heard New Haven. Connecticut. Like every small town or city in like New England has like a farm mm -hmm. team. Like yeah. Bridgeport has one. Like uh -huh. New Haven. Like yeah. New London. Providence. Come here little boy. Right. Introduce the new guest. What kind of response did you get from the first film? So I did a film on people leaving the prison system for PBS Frontline and mm -hmm. it won an award from like the National Justice organization <laughs> I could look at it on my phone and then uh, the Columbia University DuPont Peabody gives out these awards for like a slate of documentary films from an organization and it was one of the six films chosen by PBS Frontline to represent its season and those six films won this thing called the Golden Bat Baton and if I get my hands on that thing, that'll be awesome. Ooh, I will never yeah. let that thing go. I'll be like, oh, I lost it. Sorry, guys. I don't know what happened to it. I feel terrible. <laughs> maybe you'll win a Grammy one day. It'll be like under my bed or something. And I'll be like, yeah. I don't know where that thing on. It's, anyway. like, it's like when those guys go partying with the Stanley Cup. and. <laughs> yeah. I love it, dude. So if anybody is interested in sharing their story with yes. you, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you? And also find the film. Uh, Life on Parole, PBS Frontline is the film. Um, so Life on Parole, PBS Frontline. Uh, and then we, were, we partnered with the New York Times and they did this whole series of short videos and reporting on it, which is really cool. And then 505050john at gmail.com. I will buy anyone coffee. One of the wonderful things about... Yeah, that's the truth. 
is that my I got a, I got a I got a coffee line on my foundation support. <laughs> I was like, this is how you like actually you know get authentic stories is yeah. you you don't you don't rush them you spend time you have a coffee with a person you get to know them they get to know you they can ask whatever questions that you want and then if they're interested then you can sit down and have a story so i was like i need a coffee bu- <laughs> line in my yeah. budget yeah, he hooked me up twice man yeah, <laughs> twice yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get it <laughs> <laughs> i'm good for coffee <laughs> how did like when when this whole um idea this concept came together and came like kind of the ball began rolling. Where did you start? How did you like? Because you, this isn't like your typical walk of life. Like you've you've completely enmeshed yourself in the local recovery community. I was talking to you before we started. Every person who comes on this podcast, your name comes up. Hey, I talked to. Jo- I've been talking to Johnny. We're I love. I that. love. Well, uh, how do I do it? The first thing is, I love advocates because again it's that same vibration that I get like advocates and activists are the people who are like this is how the establishment thinks it's supposed to be and they're the individuals who are like no it's not we're going to make it better so I just love I love 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 hanging out with advocates and activists I could do it all day long I just love that stuff Um, I actually started out with uh, Steady Collective Um, and then I was volunteering before this grant came along I knew from a friend a friend was a good friend of mine uh, had someone who passed away from overdose, and he was like, I'm going to start like volunteering with Steady Collective, and I was like, I'll go with you, and I'll do that too, because there's already interest in that space. Um, but then, how did, somehow, I talked to Windcap. I called, up, I called up everyone to see if they wanted to have coffee. Um, and then I talked to Ginger, of course, and Ginger has like introduced me to everyone and their mother, so that's how I know everyone. Like, you know everyone by knowing everyone. Like, there's a guy I played soccer with for, like, 20 years, and that's Jeremy French. And then... Oh, so you you guys already had a connection. Yeah, I was playing soccer with him. I had no idea. Like, we were on opposite sides of the field for 20 years, like, kicking each other to pieces. And then we, like... I put something up on my Facebook, and he was like, oh, you're doing this? You should learn about what I'm doing. And I was like, wait, what? You have a whole woodworking, metalworking setup for right. people in recovery? That's insane. Right, yeah. And then he's like, come by for lunch on Friday and just hang out and BS with us. And now you're there every Friday. I'm like, free lunch on Friday and a lot of BSing. Why not? Why not do that? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's an awesome concept <laughs> of what he's doing and what he's got going on over there. Um, I haven't made it yet, but I look forward to, yeah, to getting over there. So- Totally it just makes involved. so much sense, like for people, like some people, like what is my purpose? I'm kind of confused, and he's like, okay, we're gonna like make a large piece of concrete, or we're gonna get out the welding torches, and like that physical act of building something which you can see at the end of the labor is an actual table or counter is powerful. And then take that with you for the rest of your life. Share it with somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's like it's beautiful. Lauren Garvey. What's up? It's been a while since uh, since I've seen you. I think, I don't know. We kind of make this a, a ritual. I'd every couple like, months. Every couple months, yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you it's guys coming over. Hang out with you, Stephen. You're a fun guy. A couple, gosh, it had to have been like no, October sometime. I'm always like, I'm when I'm booking guests for this podcast, like I'm always like a month out. Like I'm booked all the way through mm-hmm. early February right now. So, like, it had to have been, like, mid to late October. I realized that both Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve were on, fell on a Monday. 
Mm-hmm. We record our podcast every oh, Monday yeah. night at yeah, 7 yeah, o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like kicking around like, should, who, what do I do? What should we do? You know, how, how, how could we continue our momentum, continue doing what we're doing? We don't have time for a day off. Right? <laughs> no day we off. don't. None. Not right now. Um, how do we continue this? And it's so funny because when we first started in talking with Courtney, we were like, okay, well, you know, we started at the beginning of February and we had talked about like, before we realized that like people might actually listen, um, we were like, we'll go until Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and that'll be season one. Yep. And we'll take the rest of the holidays off. Nope. And... <laughs> As the year went on and kind of progressed, I began to like reflect on my own story and my own experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and my experience with the holidays. And I was like, oh, screw that, dude. There's no there's no reason for us to take a night off. Yeah. Number one, it's too much fun. Like I enjoy sitting down and hanging out. Yeah. Hanging out. It's legitimately just hanging out with some You've good covered friends. Some like really big things. I haven't watched all the podcasts, but like um, I just I've seen like some stories develop that I've seen through NC Raw and then, like, followed them on Facebook and seen how their stories have unraveled into bigger stories, and I just think that that's amazing, you know? Like, you're building connections, too. Like, I never would have known that Trevor Gates guy. Yeah. You know? You saw what happened, right? And I got to donate to his fund, and I got to tell other people about it, and, like, things like that. I think that just, you know, that's that's connection in the community, Mm -hmm. and that's huge. And he got his glasses. He got his glasses, yeah. You see that story? That's a good story. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shout out to my homeboy, Trevor Gates. Yeah, hey, Trevor. Congratulations on the new set of eyes. Yeah. (laughs) He said he's going to do an update. He he did. Yeah, he did it. It was sometime Friday or something like that. So my buddy from school, somebody that I've actually been involved with, my meditation group, was has cinnamon. I'm going to a meditation group with Steven now. Come on. (laughs) Isn't it? I'm into it, too. He um, started. He, uh... He has he had a visual impairment, yep. and it was slowly get progressing and getting worse and worse. With to the point this past year where he was like became legally blind mm-hmm. and began walking with a stick and um, using all kinds of real innovative tools to like still p- participate in school and do well in school. Came across a thing called eSight. It's like electronic vision. I don't know the technical. It's intense way it works but it essentially like grabs whatever it is that the glasses are looking at and brings it up to your eyes and so he raised through like a fundraiser he raised enough money to to get his glasses so love that kid man i absolutely love that kid yeah good for him but in going through like i began to realize that like it was important for me to be there like like you kind of mentioned we built a, a solid community of um followers, friends, and we just wanted to be there for for anybody that might not have a place to go tonight. Can I ask a question? Yeah. yeah. When did you, because I'm super interested in this, when did you realize the power of story? Like you've devoted NC Raw Podcast, and it is quintessentially about allowing people to sh- tell their story on a platform and how that helps them and also helps the larger community who's listening in. When did you come across this magic as a concept? I would say that in like 1992 when I... 92? Uh, 1992 when I, I pow- when I discovered the power of talk radio. Oh. I was an old like oh. talk radio so junkie. So this has been in your head for a while. Since I was a kid. Oh man. Yeah, since I was a kid. Um, so you a dream of yours then. Yeah, I... Uh, I there's a local 
Tampa-based broadcaster, Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge. He used to be on Sirius on Howard Stern. Have you heard of it? I've heard of Bubba the Love Sponge, but it's so great that Bubba the Love Sponge somehow was inspiration for NC Raw and all the goodness of this So I was like, it was like a cult-like following in, in town, right? And like... These guys would get on and they would they'd get fucked up on the air and just party and like I was just like just into it. Out. Yeah, hang oh out and like goodness. like the what they did is kind of what we've created that what we just talked about is friends hanging out on air. That's what that's what I've done. Like I was so into this program that I have one of the characters on the show's face tattooed on my leg. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh seen that. my when goodness. When do we get a viewing party? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this so, is good. And so like, but it became a problem because I used to, it was like, it was, yeah, listen, 6 a.m. till 10 a.m. Morning drive, talk radio. Okay, okay. They were fucked up that early? So I would stay up all night, party, <laughs> my ass off, until the, sh- until the show came on. Oh my God. And then I would crash when the show ended at 10 a.m. And you know, all start all over again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm so glad that the like the inception story was not like, well, I was reading some depositions or like <laughs> I was studying like yeah. media mass marketing media in community mm. college and thought mm. I'll give no, it a it's try. Better story than that, huh? <laughs> theater of the mind, man. Just like the theater of the mind, you know. The <laughs> and it and there's there's no such thing as talk talk radio anymore. The radio industry's yeah. dead you yeah, know yeah. and that that form of communication and it's so like watered down with like commercials and uh general managers and people telling you what you can or can't say yeah, and yeah, censorship yeah. and yeah. things like that that like over the years and in getting into recovery um podcasts just exploded onto the scene I got you, got you. five yeah. to ten years ago yeah, and there's yeah, yeah handful yeah. of podcasts that and yeah. I still don't get me wrong I still listen to Bolo Sponge I'm sure you do I still oh do goodness. and then we want to um, see the tattoo I'm going to listen to him on the way home tonight hey, hey. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll send you a link right. on like online streaming streaming deal but yeah it's, it's crazy stuff it's like filthy just like men's humor just oh nonsense you know <laughs> Howard Stern of the South um, that was good. I got a little sweat going. I was laughing yeah. so I got a little sweat going there. A couple of tears going on there. But so that was always with me. And right at the end of my active use, right at the very end of my active use, like I was like the guy that would like try to like get my shit together by like staying home and just partying at my house or not going out like oh, or just smoking weed or just like trying to like tone it down at home. And so I would start doing these podcasts at home. And all I had was a... Uh, a PlayStation like gamer yeah, yeah, headset yeah, yeah. in my laptop, and I would just sit there and talk shit. And I actually have I have some of the audio. I have some of the audio, <laughs> not right here. Oh, yeah, I, I thought we were gonna get a clip. No, we're then we we're gonna get in deep. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, but I'd get fucked up. I'd stay up all night and just talk shit and talk oh, shit like and talk about like news stories, fishing. I lived in West Palm Beach. So I was always like out on the beach, just like I would just talk shit. So just something that I was like, was interested in oh, that yeah, form yeah, of yeah, communication, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I also worked in retail sales since I was 16 years old, over 20 years now. So like building those relationships, building rapport with your customers, assessing their needs, asking open-ended questions, all of those things that like allow you to formulate a yeah, conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I always like, I always felt like I didn't fit in. So I didn't like actively talk to people. Like, I didn't really enjoy making friends, meeting, meeting new people. 
Um, I had a close group of friends, but I didn't like reach out until I started working in retail and it forced me to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Then I got really good at it. Yeah. You know, we're doing it for so long. So last year, a little over a year ago, I was getting really frustrated in school. Frustrated with a lot of the things that you described about the epidemic and about the way that things are handled. I was seeing so many of my friends die, go back out. And I was like, whatever we're doing isn't working. Yep. Right? And so I was like building up some resentment towards the, excuse me, towards the, towards the field of treatment towards like, so here I am studying substance abuse counseling to get my CSAC. I'm like a year, year and a half into the program and I fucking hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to become a counselor Yeah, yeah. because I was, I, I wasn't seeing people get better. Yeah. Yeah. I was seeing people die. I was seeing people go back out. So I thought about dropping out. I did. And at the same time, I was working my retail job over at the department store downtown. I became friends with Courtney. And I found out that she worked, or that she was in the commercial music production program at Western. And I was just like, hey, what do you, what do you think about doing a podcast? It wasn't about recovery at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think about doing a podcast? And we kind of like grab-assed about it for a few months. Grab-assed. That's how how shit gets done. That's how shit gets done. It was just like a running joke, you know, like bullshit and like, oh yeah, we're going to do this podcast. And uh, it kind of like evolved and I was like, well, maybe we could incorporate some conversations about recovery. And that's when I met Caleb. And Caleb brought Richie to the first couple episodes and that, that the first episode is where recovery always, the idea came up. Shout out! Shout out, Richie Tanner Hill. Rich, shout out, he Richie. Sa- he That's said we. He right said there. we. Could, he said we could have it for free. He wouldn't charge us for it. Yeah, he said he don't own it. So. He said he doesn't own it. And everyone, y'all are amazing. He don't own that one either. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, Richie's a good man though. That ship. That ship <laughs> sailed. Everybody. Yeah, everybody's. Yeah, yeah. He wants people to have it, man. Yeah. He wants us to spread the spread the love and the hope. But that's where that's where it happened. And I can remember like Courtney saying like to us at first, and really like talking with each other, and like um, like are we going to have enough to like talk about? Like, you know, like I listen to a podcast and there's like a variety yeah. of topics, right? Like every week you guys have a new lineup of music yeah, yeah, to yeah, review, yeah, yeah. right? Like how many topics, like, are you guys going to run out of material? Is this something that's sustainable? Right. Are these conversations something that are sustainable? Oh, because we, originally we didn't really have, we just did the first two or three episodes yeah. alone. We didn't have guests. And then yeah. we started, well, if we're, talking about different pathways and different approaches to recovery, why not bring people in to share theirs? And so it just kind of like, it evolved, it happened. And then like next, then then it was after, I don't know, five or 10 episodes, it was, well, are we going to have enough guests? Are enough people going to want to come on and share with us these intimate details of their lives? Sure, sure. And now I can't, get people booked fast enough yeah. I could do two I, if I had the time and I didn't have to work over at the place and 
do the thing. Waste 30 minutes, of, 30 hours of my life every week over there <laughs> to, to financially pay some bills. Yeah, yeah. I could do two shows a week. I could do three shows a week. Right, like, right, I have that right. many yeah. people that want to come on. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's just like, it's beautiful. Like, yeah, oh. you know, you remember when you talked about coming to people? Yeah. You should still we, some, we're doing it. Some we, of that. Me and Caleb did it on Friday. We were, <laughs> we were over. When are you going to come to Asheville? Tell me when. All right, we'll, we'll figure Shoot something me. out because, you know, I got that new recovery house that I need help getting out there to the community. So. What'd she say? Yeah. New recovery. Something about a new recovery house. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> really cool music. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, new recovery house. So uh, you should definitely come in. We could even like show the house around and talk about it, how it came about. Tour the recovery house. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, wouldn't that be neat? Today we're gonna. I uh, totally. The yeah. New recovery house. We could definitely. totally do it. I think so. I mean, of course, you know, put on a show, too. Probably some people from Asheville that would like to, to oh, yeah. be on the podcast, oh, you know? I think so. I got, I got a few people I definitely want to... I want to make connections, especially with you, Johnny. Um, but since we're on the subject, not to cut you short on your your dreams, but, uh, yeah, the new recovery house up in West Asheville, will be Sand Hill Road. Uh, we're in the works of making a website for it right now and then, you know, making the details. Uh, so really just matter of keeping your ears open uh following me on facebook and um you know you can always email me at leg52487 at gmail.com any questions that you might have but yeah the recovery house is huge um as far as i know we're 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 still incorporating the the name but it is gonna be named after my mother who passed away in february so uh that's really exciting for me how did you get hooked up with this group this group um so Shar and then her husband um they have a little bit of experience with some things like this uh, especially gray her husband um i'm just in the family so um they've seen what i've done over the course of two years and uh, they think that i am in a position to be successful and run this house the way that it's intended to be ran. And, um, you know, with the success that we're knowing God's going to provide for us, we are going to try to, like you say, you know, you got your traditional recovery house, and and sometimes that works, but we want to bring more to the table, and we want to figure out how can we open up doors for, you know, maybe stuff besides abstinence-based or just that 12-step base. You know, people recover all different kinds of ways, and they shouldn't be have the door shut on them because of that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe start um, more people to do it for, you know, all kinds of ways that people are recovering this day and age. And um, and just bring in, like, a lot of, I think what we, our plan is is to bring a lot of morale to the house. So, like, having, we have, this house is sweet. I cannot wait to show you. So we have, like, this part that's kind of separated from the house but it's all closed in <clears throat> and you be, you do have to go to the outside but then it's got like a loft and we're gonna like make meditation we got this little group room and my my friend ryan that i want y'all to meet he's gonna he likes music so incorporating some like groups or meetings and with music recording studio yeah who knows there you go <laughs> you know um, yeah so we just, we just have all these envisions in our head, and now that we have kind of like this canvas and this workplace to do it on, we're just super stoked. And we really hope to like 
we want to be the house that people want to be in. Yeah. And it's like, there's something powerful about like creating it and like following through with your vision, like yeah. working with somebody that's close to you mm-hmm. and you guys like, cre- just like what we yeah. just talked about with this, but bringing these ideas together mm-hmm. and doing it the way that that is. Um, one of the things that I talked to Nick, I'm going to, take off yeah man absolutely but I just wanted to say that one thing that's uh, been true from the stories I've been collecting is that there are people like you who just blow my mind like uh, like I have a vision for something I'm going to create it and I'm going to input my personality and my love and my passion into this project and it's going to become a reality and there's nothing more powerful than that and that story is replicated across North Carolina's recovery West North Carolina's recovery space. Like, there's so many people who are like, I have a vision for helping out in this space, and I'm doing it. And I'm so impressed. I think you guys are so, like, your vision and your vision, and all, like, Ginger's or Nick's or Jeremy's. Like, there's so many people who are like, I'm just, I'm doing this thing. I'm just doing it. And I put my personality and love into it, and it's going to be real and really good. That, and to see them, like, those those different ideas come together, mm-hmm. right? And be able to like work together. Like yeah. be part of this network. Like yeah. if you're in Western North Carolina, like you have people who are bold and brave and smart as hell and they're putting their best ideas out there and they're seeing what works and they're doing it with like a hundred percent passion and it's it's so crazy impressive, these people. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I gotta go. I gotta see the white right, kids. Thank you so much you for having see me. Both on. Of us. Johnny Kennedy, you're a badass, my friend. Yes, you oh, are. You guys are so bad. Keep so rocking. Bad. Yeah, yeah. I will see you soon, both you guys. We're gonna have to come see you play. It looks yeah. bad in. I saw those pictures, ass. man. I know. Like, <laughs> what is there? Uh huh. I was like, God, I needed to be there. That oh day. my goodness, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I hate, I hate. Well, I'm in Western North Carolina. I don't like like bluegrass and like. Americana and folk. I don't like opera. I don't like any of those music forms where people are like, you should honor us and it's good for you. And so when I started this band with my wife a number of years ago, I was like, I will put on what any stupid stuff I can just to entertain the audience because I, <laughs> in opposition to like bluegrass, I will put on a Teletubby costume. I will put on, I had 150 Christmas baubles like attached to my yeah. like onesie for Thursday night. So <laughs> I will do it, anything yeah. to entertain with my mm-hmm. foolishness. All right, I got to go. I got to see the kids. Hey, if you, I'll see both if you guys. You need, if you want to grab some grub for the road, man, have at it. There's I'm plenty back there. just going to grab my sticker. I'm going to put it on my bass guitar. Kick go. ass, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Johnny Kennedy, thanks Appreciate for coming, you dude. You're a badass, care, man. man. Appreciate it. Just the two of us. <sighs> just the two of us. Or, and Janae. Come on, Janae. Step just, on up. Did you see her perk up real quick? Come on, girl. Um. So, like... I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Nick Shore because this whole like vision, this recovery house and um, it's not so I didn't I haven't even asked Caleb this before, but like it's kind of like somewhat of a taboo industry Mm -hmm. with carrying like a lot of like negative publicity and stigma around like it's kind of like a a courageous act to put yourself directly in that that industry knowing that like because nick nick when i asked him he was like yeah you're totally right and he was like there's there was points in the process where i just wanted to quit because i didn't want to be involved in that 
I didn't want to be associated with some of these other individuals. Yeah, that labels. Yeah, yeah. who are doing these things. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're uh, we're prepared for that. We've already just you know we've been there, like what three days. We've already um, had the neighbors, you know, come up and be like, ask you know you can just when you tell someone's picking, and uh, asking us questions and and stuff like that and like you know. Um, People can say, like, oh, wow, well, we're supportive, but, like, their bodies and their questions will kind of be telling a different story. And so, and you're not, and we're not even talking about people in the recovery community. You know, we're talking about people on, well, you know, I can't say that. I didn't, I didn't actually know this guy, but um, I'm, I'm going to say it's a safe thing to say that he, you know, he probably doesn't want that next to his house, which neighbors. is understandable. Just neighbors. You know? yeah. yeah, just regular neighbors, you know. Um, unfortunately, where we are... Um, on the good note of that is it's a huge line of recovery houses right down the road. So, I mean, um, hopefully the, most of the neighbors are kind of used to that. Um, but yeah, just dealing, uh, you know, I'm pretty new to this. This is something that I'm just totally, uh, probably going to learn a lot of things, you know, about that. You know, I don't have too, it's not like I'm have a bunch of recovery houses. So, but know. what do you have? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's funny cause, um, I was just talking to Janae, too, about it, too. It was, like, two years ago, I was walking those same streets homeless. Mm -hmm. And now I'm opening up a recovery house in the same exact neighborhood. Like, it's a God thing, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that right now, you know, we've talked, me and Char have talked about it, and, and like, this is God's house, you know? And we're just going to put in the work to try to, to help people that, you know, want to want recovery. Yeah. You have... You have your time at first. You have your experience <laughs> completing that program. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's a big recovery house when you think about it. That's like 40, 40 women. Uh, that's bigger than your average recovery house for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and I was, I was a strong peer there. I was a strong leader. And, you know, I hope to bring that same mentality to the house. I think our thing is getting people in there and making it feel like a family. So immediately taking that new person that comes in and like, you know, you just got, you know, you know, they say sponsorship and in, in 12 step. And, uh, you know, so now you walk in, you might have five sponsors right when you walk in the door, you know, five people that have been there. You know, we all we're all we're looking at about six months of clean time um, for I, this house, too. So everything's cool. I'm just worried about that plug and unplugged and, and ending everything. Bradley, move. And in life. We got kids here. <laughs> if you can't tell. If you can't tell. Uh, 37 minutes in and we just let them know that we got, yeah, we we got, got a, kids. It's a Christmas party, stuff. baby. It's a Christmas party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really <coughs> low key right now. <laughs> got some viewers though. Enjoy it while Somebody you can. Some people watching. Enjoy it while you can. Um, so you came on this over the summer and told your story. What was it? Like June? It May, was. It was pretty June. hot, wasn't it? Remember the car? We thought the car was oh, going yeah. to start. Oh, mm yeah. -hmm. I do. I was nervous. Do you know where I'm going? No, I don't know where you're going. Are you going to ask me about pictures and stuff? I'm going to ask you about your driver's license. Oh, okay. And if you've pursued any of that. So, I have. Um, I got, I'm in the works. I still, so the lawyer's been kind of, I got a lawyer that's actually through first that's working for free, so I have to be, kind of give some grace Hell on yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Um. yeah. 
No urgency. So there's only we 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 come finally down to it that there's only one little charge that's holding me back, but it's a three year suspension. So he told me to get a bunch of letters um, of recommendations. So I got people doing that for me, and I'm gonna fax them over and see if we can get that struck. People you met through Biltmore and your job. You got Biltmore boys got Sunrise. me. I got Shar. I got Kevin Mahoney on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got some some. I got the guy I work for at the at the clinic who's got his PhD. So yeah, some definite recovery warriors, um, and that would be great. That, but you know, I'm coming up on November 2019, anyways, at the latest. Well, that's so, 11 yeah, months away, my friend. Coming up, coming up on it. And as busy as I am, I'm telling you, these months fly by. Yeah. It'll be March before I know it. It doesn't feel like it was in June or July when you came out here no, the first time, right? No, it's kind of like we're like a family now. It feels good, though. No, just skip it to the next song, please. The, volu- <laughs> the volume was cool, just the next song. Yeah, uh, Janata's karaoke, so. Janata's karaoke, and she's not all sitting next to me? <laughs> Come on, babe. Come um, on, make your, make your debut. Here she comes. She's coming. Hold so on. Hold on, boys. Do you? Hold on. Here she Oh, so beautiful. Got to fill in this little space there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, that was up. Uh, we can hear you. Loud and clear. Yeah, you can hear yourself that way. Hello, Janae. Hello. Welcome to the microphone for the first time. Thank you. Just get up on it and talk right into the end of it. Uh, testing, testing. She's good. One, How, two. So this is the second time you've been in this room. Yes. This is the first time that you've talked to me. Yes. At the behind the mic. <laughs> um, we got a, an audience watching. <laughs> with cupcakes. With, with cupcakes. Too. Oh, look, we got some more viewers since you came on. I'll, hey. They're jumping on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, um, I want to talk a little bit about Christmas. And I want to talk about a little bit about, like, kind of what, what Christmas means to you guys and, like, what... If you have some like fond memories, I was I was like we're just re- doing a lot of reflecting today. Um, my first Christmas in recovery was spent in the treatment center. Um, I walked in the door like two days before Christmas, knowing wow. that I was going to be there for Christmas, for New Year's, for yeah. all the big football games in January, yeah, Super yeah. Bowl, all that stuff. Um, you know, I was kind of like. Emotional. I was talking to my sister this morning. There's like a running joke in my family. Uh, my sister's son, Preston, is 10 years old. Preston's first Christmas on my mom's refrigerator every Christmas or like the Christmas pictures that she puts out. Preston's first Christmas, he's like sitting in his little crib and there's a nice Christmas tree and all these presents Aww. laying under the tree and stuff. If you look down in the bottom left-hand corner of the picture, Uncle Steve's passed out on the floor, <laughs> like totally just asleep drunk, you know, like just totally out, like laying next to this kid. And um, so like, you know, to go from like that, you know, mm. like nine years ago and then spending Christmas in the treatment center, and they were gracious enough to give us like a big old drug. Every, every person in this hundred-something uh, individual treatment center they gave us a big old jar of instant coffee you know as a gift big deal deal, dude and um some of the camaraderie with like my homies you know some of my buddies that that um that i met in there and like us like 
really like making the best of it, you know, and really even at that time, feeling like shit, not wanting to be there, like constantly thinking about how the hell can I get out of here? Who can I talk to to come talk in, talk into coming and picking me up? Like really like embracing that, that moment. Um, I don't know. I've, I just have mixed feelings about Christmas because, like, as a kid, it was badass. I'll tell you some. I'll tell you some stories about childhood here in a few minutes. Um, but like, just a lot of like, I've always had like mixed feelings about Christmas. I don't know. Well, that's um, an open question for either one of you guys. Yeah, what do you think? I could. You were making me reminisce because you started talking yeah. about treatment, and I think about. My mind went immediately to, I spent so many holidays the last decade locked up <coughs> in institutions, mm-hmm. in jail. And, you know, making the best of it. You know, some of the best days in prison were your birthday and Christmas because, you know, you got that little extra thing and, like, you know, just, like, God, like, I can just go to the store and buy myself whatever I want, like, Sometimes we lose touch. Of, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget how good it felt to get a bag of coffee in jail because that was, like, the shit in there. You know, and now I can go buy fucking K-cups for my Keurig <laughs> and complain about the price, you know? But like, I mean, it's for this real. Like, you're really just making me reminisce, and uh, I almost started to tear up just, like, yeah, it's been, this is, um, I was in treatment a lot. Well, no, i just gotten my freedom, but I don't know what I did for Christmas. My family still hadn't been talking to me. Um, I think I was probably with my nephew, but um, this is my second Christmas with really my freedom moving on, and it's nice. It's nice to know I don't have to worry about doing that stuff anymore I mean I mm. spent a decade of my life doing that mm. sometimes I'm like I, I was so institutionalized in the beginning that it's easy for me to go right back and think like god that bottomless that you know that not even having a phone call you know with your with my nanny or, or stuff like that and like it's really humbling I'm glad you shared that because it really just was a <clears throat> humbling for me like how grateful Unfortunately, I am to just be sitting here because it wasn't always like that. And it's been, it's like a short period of time in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. our lives, you know, in the, the timeline of Lauren Garvey's life, you know, that those years there were just like a speck of that, yeah. that timeline. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. in such a short, the level of growth that you've achieved in oh, it's amazing. a short period of time. It's like, amazing. what's going to happen in five years from now, ten years from now? You're going to be like a podcast superstar broadcasting all over the world with me <laughs> and Kayla I McCoy. I'm still, I hope I'm still spreading hope. Still? Yeah. What you talking about still? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I hope I am. <laughs> I'm, I am. I'm going to be. Yeah. Mm. Come on. You know, like, it's, it's just incredible. Um, short period of time, dude. A very short period of time. You too, girl. Y'all yeah. are out there jumping in ice cold rivers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Polar huh? plunge. Where did that come from? You know, I didn't even tell anybody I was doing that. 
I just I, I saw no I saw Caitlin doing mm-hmm. it and she inspired me and I thought to myself well, I have a hard time getting out of my comfort zone you know um, I can uh, I love to write so as far as putting things on social media I'm pretty good at that but when it comes to actually getting out of my comfort zone so I prayed about it for a little bit and I thought well I'm gonna do this so I went next door and I told my neighbor about it um, Naomi who's amazing she's like another mom to me she's a blessing in my life um, and of course she thought I was batshit crazy and I was like but you have to do this with me I need someone to videotape this did you so show her some of the video the other video I did uh-huh. I did yeah so we went out to um, the Mills River Recreational Park there's still piles of snow up on the bank yeah. oh yeah it right. was even a little bit of a walk to get back to the car but my adrenaline was pumping uh-huh. it felt so good it felt so good to fall through on something like that I so, really I had fun so in full disclosure we went hiking on Sunday me Bianca and Carter and we're walking out the door of my house and she's like you're gonna jump we're gonna do the plunge right we're gonna do it and I totally chickened out I was like nah <laughs> mom <laughs> when you first jump in it's so overwhelmingly cold out, it is I was gonna Did dunk do my it? head underwater and uh, that's whew. no excuse I was like oh then I'd have to go get towels and then I'd have oh, to get no. a change of clothes <laughs> Boy, and like we Caleb, had, Caleb was like that sounds like a big I know. stinking excuse we hadn't even left my house yet I could totally go get all those things <laughs> No, then we'd have to go do this. And then I was like making up more excuses. Like, no, no, when I do it, I want to jump in the lake and then I want to swim two miles instead of just running out. I'll just make it. I ain't going to do that. I don't think I'm going to do it either. You want to jump in the lake with me and swim two miles? No. I think we got to wait till the next snow. I think. And then the pressure's on. We need to wait until about June. And then then we'll do it. Speaking of that, (laughs) Caleb uh, is commenting in the... Oh, is he? Chat that he would like to know how your progress is going for the Pacific Coast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. So, so Caleb and everybody yeah, watching. Directly. Uh, so I have slacked a little bit on my miles, but I've been lifting. So I've been, uh, and then my diet, is, it's kind of. She does, she does pretty well. I She's go been to the at gym the gym every, every day. day. I go to the gym. Um, uh-huh. I really just. I wasn't feeling strong, so I wanted. I got someone that is uh, teaching me how to like do things properly. You know, uh, I think for me, r- I was running and I would get to like six, seven miles, and you know, I was, I just wasn't, I wasn't eating properly. I didn't feel like I was strong enough, and so I've really been focusing on my all-around strength, mm. and then um, you know, of course, running. Um, She's, she's got these big Yeah, I, I got the biceps. Now. You, you see those, right? So the biceps oh. are coming along. Let me zoom in real quick. <laughs> yeah, zoom in. If you're going to the gym every day, you're yeah. doing better than probably oh, yeah. 70% of... And she'll, she'll yeah. be at the house. She'll be at the I house just, counting calories. I really with this struggle and this running and the long distance. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know if I'm going to be that person that can run 30 miles, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to be in good shape when I go out there. Yeah. And that's that's the bottom line. I'm on, I'm, I do plan on, and I struggle with my eating, though. I do. I've gotten so much better now that I bring mm-hmm. the right food to, to work with me. Mm-hmm. And when I'm working out, it's usually on my days off that I'll be like, Munching. Munching. Yeah. But, but she does part, a lot better than she gives yeah. herself credit for. Yeah, I've learned a lot about up. nutrition and fitness just by watching So I'm definitely, I'm She all took in. me to the gym a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and 
yeah. I'm still sore. Some so stuff, yeah, so. she taught me some stuff. So it was for me. I think I needed someone to teach me what to do besides just running on a treadmill. That wasn't yeah. gonna cut it, and I wasn't feeling good about it. Like I, I, yeah. running on the treadmill is so much easier, but like for me, I need to be outside. I need to be I like, like I don't care how cold style. it is, dude. Yeah. I do not care how cold it is. I need to be outside. I need to be able to like breathe that mountain air. And I it's need going to well, Caleb. I, That's I like the trails, but I yeah. love getting on a treadmill. I can't go. I'll, I'll crash on the treadmill at like four miles, three, four miles. I'm like, I'm just, really? I just get bored. And like, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is. I used to run track in high school. So um, you were asking. Stay in shape than anything. <laughs> you were asking about core strength. Core strength, yes. Right? You were asking yes. for some like stuff. Did you find uh-huh. anything? I did. I um I did research a little bit and I've been doing some um a little bit more yoga. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of um like ab strength, lower body strength. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we, we worked out arms yeah, a couple she days. Could hang ago. Too. Like she always like <laughs> <laughs> I would put on a little more weight because, you know, I didn't want her to, like, show me up, you know. But I was like, Is that how you justify that bag of Doritos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to gain muscle, you know. I won an award for uh, the most pull-ups when I was in, like, elementary well, school or middle school. Now. But that's just because I think she I was so small. I'd run 50 miles and be like, it it's ain't no thing. easy to lift my weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started... I was, What's up, Caleb? I mean, what's up, Carter? Caleb, what's up, my man? I was um I was talking to Caleb on Friday about I started a new yoga program that does exactly that. It's called oh, it's yeah? called DDP Yoga. He's like okay. a former wrestler, WWF wrestler dude, and he created this yoga program that is all core strength and like oh, I love um, that blended with a yoga practice and postures and stuff. He like um. He blew out all the discs in his back mm. 20 years ago, and he like created this program to essentially heal his back without having to have surgery, without having to take any type of meds or anything like that. Strictly, oh. and really, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of like stretching in mm-hmm. different poses and stuff, but it's also like resistance moves. Like you create the resistance with your muscles and by flexing. Flexing your glutes, flexing your, creating you're creating the own resistance without any type of weights or anything like that. So more just control of body movements, like literally slow and steady. Yeah, slow and steady. Yeah, every single day. I've been doing it every single day for like two weeks now, and literally like exactly what you're talking about. Like I was just like so sore, sore as could be. Is that him or somebody else? (laughs) No, he's down there. Like, um, come here. So I'll totally check it out. You want to come sit next to your mommy, brother? Yeah. You want to come say hi? Yeah, so we got a few little ones. Bradley in the sit? house. A few little ones kicking it with us hi. tonight. You want to say Merry Christmas to everybody? Well, you can be on PBS. Oh, look. Be shy. It took me a couple times, too, to get up here. I think Santa's watching. <laughs> Santa's watching. You don't nope. want to show everybody our matching you shirts? You got to tell Santa what you want for Christmas. He's like, nope. Not interested. So the, the whole family <laughs> showed up in matching shirts this evening. Yeah, we, did. That, we went all the way. That's we when you know it's for real. We got matching shoes on too. What you mean? Yeah, we do. <laughs> like, my my shoes are bougier. Got <laughs> 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 all 
Are you done with these? So I don't know how I'm going to, I'm like trying, like me, we we did a four mile hike on Sunday and I've been, good. and I've been doing the yoga every day and, um, I've been trying to like get ready, even though I didn't really commit to like all of the Pacific coast exercise. Like mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> are you doing that? I'm going. going. I mean, we talked about documenting the pro, documenting right, right, right. much of it through the program and trying yeah. and through our oh. YouTube channel and stuff like that, like podcasting as we go. And then also like potentially like driving some and stuff like that. Well, so I'll just like, hop in the pickup with you yeah. then. Yeah. 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 <coughs> and we'll great, just we'll do the documentary done, together. After we get that done, <laughs> it'll be time to get a license. You know. There you yeah. Go. Yeah, that'll that'll be cool. I've. What do I what, work? Mm. Mm-hmm. Take Children's. So bills. <laughs> what about? Um, I saw you posted today. Uh, holiday traditions as a kid, right? Mm. And you you would always like. Love tradition. I am a tradition fool. I yeah. don't even have to be the holidays. Like, uh, just traditions. Like, I think a big thing. I actually did this as a group at at um, the clinic I work at, and. Um, it was along the lines of like traditions in families and how maybe your family has kind of, <laughs> for me anyways, family tradition was really held together by my, my grandma, mm-hmm. you know, like she mm-hmm. kind of distilled the traditions and she kind of was the one that held the traditions together. And I just have noticed too in other generations that they seem to share similar situations and just like, how important are traditions to you and what can you remember that like a tradition in your in your family that maybe through time and people going their own ways um do you miss and like how can you start to bring those traditions back with maybe the family or friends that you have like traditions doesn't always have to be just with your family it might just be with you know some really lifelong friends or uh whatever you do i just i I really find strength in traditions um, it, it keeps the family alive, you know? So tell us about so. To tell you some of us. So, yeah, so we used to, I always remember, um, of course, for Christmas, the family was definitely all together. Um, we would do the whole, I mean, it was pretty much routine. Like, that night, we would open a gift, and then, um, you know, Santa would come. My family thought I believed in Santa until I was, like, nine, but... I was five when oh. my brothers were like, oh, yeah. Santa's real. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. What's up? What's up, dude? <laughs> yeah, so then Santa was coming. He comes every year. Anyways, um, so, and then the next morning, you know, we'd have breakfast, and we'd have, uh, we'd open gifts, and then we went over to Nanny's and opened even more gifts. So, you know, like, that was the tradition with that. Um, what are some other traditions I'm well, always boy. spreading them, and now I can't even think of them. My boy popped up real quick, huh? You seen that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, I don't. I can't even think of some off the top of my head. They just kind of come to me. I'll tell you my favorite mm-hmm. thing to do when I was a kid at Christmas. It doesn't. It doesn't really have a whole lot to do with Christmas. It's more about after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Is we. Um, and my dad was actually the one that gave me this idea, and he ended up hating me for it afterwards. Not like literally, but he added some frustration to his life. <laughs> he, um, did I tell you about this? So we lived in like Tampa, Florida, pretty big city, you know, like kind of like suburban little neighborhood mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. 
And so every January 1st, what do people do besides like celebrate the new year? What do they do? Resolutions. They take down their Christmas tree. Oh, they throw right? it out in yeah. the yard. They throw it out in the yard down by the road for the, for the garbage men to come pick it up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I take my bike. I ride my bike around the neighborhood and I tie a piece of rope to the back of my bike and I drag all these Christmas trees to my house. And I would build these massive forts out of Christmas, <laughs> out of Christmas trees, dude. I would stack them up and have all these little rooms and a roof over it and have like, have my own pad back there, like four bedrooms, two baths, you know. And then they would die. Then they would die and in like February, March, my pops would have to haul them all to the dump because <laughs> they were just piled up in his yard. It was so much fun, dude. It was so much fun. I absolutely loved it. So you so are... So I wonder if your pop loved the tradition as much as you did. Yeah, he had to drag everything. Yeah. To well, the he top. was the one that gave me the idea because he said that he used to do it oh. as a kid. And so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I could get down with that. And then it was so much oh, fun the first cool. year. I had to do it again. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. How do you think that that... What was it like to take that childhood experience, right? of like opening those gifts, that Mm -hmm. gift on Christmas Eve. And what was it like to like be on the opposite end of that today? Yeah, like watching, yeah, watching them do that. I was walking into Walmart and I immediately began to think, I was like, it is hard. Like I thought about, like I immediately gave my mom grace because you know how hard it is to wrap presents, put up a tree. Mm. And I mean, she used to like, do all out like wait till I was sleeping and like put all these gifts out and I mean I just remember it looking perfect in my childhood mind she put in so much work and so much effort and like I mean and what I you know what we accomplished this year it really didn't even touch the surface on like the how much work she did and she did it as a single mom too you know and I really I was really grateful and I really had that humbling experience of like god man that like working a full-time job, single mom, you know, she's got this giant house that she takes care of, um, you know, and she's, you know, she was suffering too, and she did all of that thing just, really just for me, and I was really humbled by that because it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy to go buy gifts mm-hmm. and wrap them and then try to wait till he's sleeping and pretend Santa Claus. Like, we're not even going <laughs> to do that part. We're leaving that part out. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. Santa's coming. Thank God he has to do all the work. Bring, yeah. But I was just really, yeah. I was walking into Walmart and I was just like, God, like, um, go parents. Mm. Go parents. Because we don't realize when we're kids. And I even when we get older, like when we're teenagers, we don't, we don't realize until we're really the ones doing it. I don't realize how much work that takes, how much time that takes, you know. I think of my grandma, too. We, um, she used to have this big house up in Mills River, close to where I did the the polar plunge, so it's kind of reminiscing going down there, um, and just this massive tree in their, in their big house. They had, like, the high beams in the house, and she put this, these little things out, like the little ice skaters that, you know, like the magnetic ice skaters, and, um, bake all these like cakes and cookies and um, and there'd be just a bunch of us you know all my uh, cousins and everybody and yeah there's a lot of work that goes into it I was super excited to decorate my own tree Dude, this I year that was the first time I'd ever done that like really? this is oh yeah this Hell is all yes. like yeah. new, all new new you know I um I put a post up uh, earlier you guys were talking about just like how things have changed in recovery but you know, I, I 
woke up feeling kind of wonky this today, you know, like this morning, I just wasn't feeling myself, and I had these negative feelings, and, um, but I, I've learned to kind of think things through and pray about it, and um, I kind of realized, you know, 10 years ago today um, was kind of when my addiction story first started. It was my first attempt to take my life, and um, 10 years later, just to be employed and clean and sober, um, to have an amazing girlfriend and two beautiful sons and to be able to decorate a tree. I'm just so, I'm so grateful. I've been given above and beyond what I deserve, um, including you my family. Deserve it. You've so. been given what you deserve. Yeah, you've given, yeah. God doesn't make mistakes. You hit on something that, wow. that I wanted to, that like kind of caught my ear. On top of all the amazing things that you've accomplished, right, um, is that you woke up today feeling a little wonky, yes. right? And right. not not feeling it, right? And kind of right. getting in your head a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. What was that like? It just feels like a weight. Yeah. It feels like a sadness I can't kick. But you said you've learned. I've learned. How to. I've learned. I've been going through some um, DBT and EMDR therapy for trauma. Kick ass. And um, it has taught me so much about just staying present and in the moment, um, learning that um, you can have overwhelming feelings, um, but you don't have to necessarily react to them. You can respond to them. Um, and sometimes, some days I do better than other days. It's definitely a process, but... Um, the reason why I asked I you that is... Be- the reason why I asked <laughs> you that is because I think that that's an important piece to this puzzle, is that, like, especially in this day and age where, like, so many people view and live their lives through like social media and like this form of communication um and that like what you just described is a part of the normal human experience right it's something that we all go through right no matter how many podcasts i come on here and do no matter how many meetings i go to no matter how many hours upon hours that I sit on that meditation cushion, no matter how many t- stretches and yoga poses I do, there's going to be a time this week, tomorrow, next week, no telling when I feel exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. And the difference today in compared to Steve actively using. You got a toolkit. Well, that, but I... I didn't understand that that is what life was all about. Right. Like I wanted life to be the way that I envisioned it to be the way that, um, you know, like we're taught and raised as kids. And like, I didn't really, I've known this, like I've recognized it in my life and I taught in my life and I've taught myself those tools and I've taught, learned how to, tolerate those types of thought patterns right those feelings but what what really got me recently was um seeing children you know seeing some of these kids and how they react like when they don't get what they want Mm. right seeing these watching these meltdowns Mm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying and like i'm like shit that is like that's it. Like, that's the answer to like all of my life's problems is that like, I didn't know how to, how to process it then. Mm-hmm. So how I, would you have known without yeah. process, you know, 
haven't learned how to process it now. I never know? learned. Right. Until right. I until I like started meditating, right. until I went to treatment, mm-hmm. until I actively and like, you know, I've had conversations with my parents and like my mom's like, well, where did we fail? Where did I go wrong? Yeah, two yeah, of yeah. my three yeah. two of my three kids are, you know, went experienced and went through active addiction. Like she takes a lot of it to heart. And I'm yeah. like, Mom, you guys didn't do anything wrong. Right, right, right. You know, but like now I see where, like, you know, I mean, I was stubborn as fuck, too. Like, it was, a lot of it was me not oh, yeah. resisting those things. Oh, for me, it was just denial. Just just outright denial of what was really going on. So, you know, like, I'm really grateful to be present today. It's okay know? to feel those things. Yeah. And I didn't get that before. Right. Like, I just, like, I don't know. Like, I really tried all of these things, all of these experiences, and talking with people and like mentoring or sponsoring guys and like working these programs and meeting with students on campus. Is that like, it's okay to feel like shit. Uh-oh. Oh, hell. Oh, God. <laughs> Move over. Ginger is in the building, ladies Hi and there. gentlemen. Yeah, boy. We just went from soft to outspoken. Here we go. Watch yourself. Um, you probably fit right here in the middle. I can move over. I have a thing for gingers. Thing for gingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like that, it's okay to like feel like shit. It's okay right. to feel really good. Like I don't have to feel really good all the time. So um, real quick, while ginger, where'd you put it? My phone. While ginger is getting settled in, I wanted to read a little something from our close friends, Bill. Um, Bill Rhodes and Sherry Barker. I don't know if you guys know them, but they are an awesome group of folks who we've met through this podcast, and they really wanted to come out and join us tonight. However, Sherry just recently had a knee replacement surgery. Do Can you I know? just make a quick shout yeah. out to my to my brother? Yeah, hell yeah. Hey, Nathan, I love you. He's the man. Nathan? He's like Nathan. He's like a. Is he watching I'm right now? I'm not even supposed to say what his profession is. That's how kick-ass my brother is. Awesome. But he was a Green Beret, Special Forces, <laughs> did like 14 tours in Iraq. He's like probably killed men with his bare hands, but he doesn't talk about it, so I don't really know. So don't quote He's me like on Rambo. that. like Rambo. But you yeah. are kick-ass, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> love you, Nathan. Love you, dude. Nathan, Nathan, yeah. Nathan. Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Okay. He'll come for you. <laughs> <laughs> So my good friends, Bill Rhodes and Sherry Barker, they couldn't make it tonight because Sherry recently had her knee surgery. I don't know if you know them or not. Um, Bill Rhodes and Sherry Barker, they're always posting stuff on, like, with Res Hope and Caleb and Caitlin and met us through the show. Awesome group of folks. They couldn't make it because she just had her surgery last week, and she just hasn't been, like, responding as she thought she might have. But she sent um, something that she would like for me to read to all of our followers. Um, and people who tune in. Uh, She said, Bill and I are truly sad that we cannot make this evening's gathering the celebration of lights and love. We both know all too well that the holiday season can seem dark for so many reasons, but we are blessed to know that the light does return. When I saw this story this morning, it really touched my heart. I shared it with Bill, and we agreed that we'd like to share it with all of you tonight. We are so grateful to be a part of this growing community so blessed and so comforted and encouraged by the lights of hope you continue to shine out into the world peace and love to all of you may you be so fortunate to be surrounded by people who will 
help you get untangled from the things that are binding you. And they sent us a post um, that says, Empathy 14, a female humpback whale has become entangled in a spider web of crab traps and lines. She was weighed down by hundreds of pounds of traps that caused her to struggle to stay afloat. She also had hundreds of yards of line rope wrapped around her body, her tail, her torso, a line tugging in her mouth. A fisherman spotted her just east of the Fairlawn Islands outside the Golden Gate Bridge and radioed for help. Within a few hours, the rescue team arrived and determined that she was so badly off, the only way to save her was to dive in and untangle her. A very dangerous proposition. One slap of the tail could kill a rescuer. They worked for hours with curved knives and eventually freed her. When she was free, the divers say she swam in what seemed like joyous circles. Then she came back to each and every diver, one at a time, nudged them, and pushed gently, thanking them. Some said it was the most incredible, incredibly beautiful experience of their lives. The guy who cut the rope out of her mouth says her eyes, her eye was rolling him, her eye was following him the whole time, and he will never be the same. May you be so fortunate to be surrounded by people who will help you get untangled from the things that are binding you. And may you always know the joy of giving and receiving gratitude. Oh, that gave me chills. That was beautiful. Thank you, Sherry Barker, Bill Rhodes. Thank you for that. I love you guys. Ginger Malcolm, you going to join us at this table? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to join you at the table. trying to find stuff. You didn't bring no <laughs> gear, did you? Did you gear? Bring, did you bring some gear? How we gonna how we gonna sport your? Uh, I really really wanted to like bring a bunch of stuff and give it away, but it's been really hard to find stuff. Yeah, I just had a Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, I was rambling about feeling uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Um, me and Caleb have been like grinding on this book. I would, that I would highly recommend you guys get. And we were talking about it on the last podcast. Um, and it's something that like really just like listening to this dude, I, 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 I decided to listen to the audiobook because it is like read all 13 chapters are read, but like in between each chapter, there are um, like a little miniature podcast where like the guy, the narrator and the author of the book kind of sit down and talk about the previous chapter. And then they offer like these physical challenges. Um, but it's called, it's David Goggins. It's called Can't Hurt Me. Mm-hmm. And like all of his quotes, like it's a lot of stuff that Caleb and all them are t- always talking about. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I would highly David recommend Goggins. getting this book. It's like literally um, like just listening to like half of it has really like changed my perspective on those like physical challenges like you're talking about I don't know if I'll ever be a long distance runner yeah dude you listen to like two or three chapters of this book and you'll be like I can run 30 miles you'll be if you apply so if you apply it you'll be like challenging yourself this dude was um he he was like an outcast in high school and stuff like that so he thought he could go to like um the navy or the air force you know he did his four years but he bounced out on like a medical leave because he was just like, I can't, I'm done with it. I don't want to do it. And he ballooned out to like 300 plus pounds. 
And then he, he was just miserable, a lot of that depression and things that we were talking about, thinking about suicide. And he, watching some movie, decided, I want to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> right? I want to be a Navy SEAL. That's like me saying, I want to go run these marathons with Caleb McCoy. <laughs> I want to go run the Pacific <laughs> Coast. Yeah. Like three months, he lost 160 pounds. Jesus. Passed the physical exam, passed the ASVAB, became a Navy SEAL. Dude was talking about like, Every time it rained, every time he snowed, I'd go, go run, right? He was talking about uh, they lived in, like, Indianapolis, middle of December. Mom had a pond in the backyard. He would go out in the pond, lay in the pond, like float on his back in the pond for, like, a few minutes, then get up and run 10 or 15 miles with the freezing cold clothes just like freezing to his body. So he says that um, the average human being, the average one of us, we set these limitations on us, like I can only run, what did you say, six miles before you're, yeah. you're mm-hmm. done? He's like, we're only using about, fo- realistically, we're only u- tapping into 40% of our capabilities because our mind makes us think that we wow. can't do it. Bro, buy the book, dude. Buy it, buy it online. It literally, I've only listened to like half of it because he puts these little challenges in between. Write a journal, write a, write a list of all the things that you're afraid of mm. and then go do one of them. Wow. And then go do it again. <laughs> right. That's the type of shit that will, that will change you. That'll get you going. Mm. Hmm. Come on, Lauren Garvey. You going to get one? You going to get it? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't like this. You don't sound confident? I'm, no, I'm just trying to reminisce a little bit. That's what, what you, I do. Reminiscing? You ever see when I when get, get triggered, my, I start to get really into what people are saying. And I'm like, huh, well, maybe maybe there's some truth to that. I always I always try to use it as a God moment, too. Like, is this is God speaking through this guy right now to me? Mm. So I use these. when I Usually if I get quiet, it's because something's been gone off in my heart. And I'm like, maybe I need to just shut up and listen. <laughs> To what he's saying. <laughs> I don't have. I, can, I could talk back. I'd be like, well, you know. Mm. So sometimes, yeah. I maybe. don't have the answers. I don't. Um. Yeah, I might be selling myself short, but I tell you what, I am showing up, and when I am there, I'm, I'm putting it. I'm putting in 110. Um. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I will get it done. I think I'm pushing myself a little at a time, a little here, you know. Some people jump in the ocean, some people tap their toes in and wait a little bit, and that's kind of kind of me right now. Jumped in the river. But I did jump in the river. I did do that. that. That's not, I don't know if I, I mean, I know I could do it, but I don't know if I would do it. That was big. It just came out of nowhere. She's like, you're going to be shocked. I'm like, ain't nothing (laughs) shocking me these days. And I was like, well, I was shocked. And she she con- she told you after she did it? Yeah, she I did. Like, I didn't even tell her about Facebook. it. I was at work, probably. Yeah. I'm always working. Yeah. Oh, I think you were with uh, Megan. Megan, yeah. yeah. Well, she was talking about uh, some of the good things about long-term treatment, and I'll tell you what. I, I have some best friends. I, I got friends from high school I still talk to and I see, and I got you know, friends that I used to party with that I still talk to, but... Megan has been really one of those people I met in treatment that has just been, you know, like we we cross paths for a reason, you know, and we're just super, super close friends. She was actually, we don't really like too much. We're like, 
man, I'm so glad you're my, my best friend, but we did kind of reminisce the other day and just told each other how grateful we are for each other, you know, and just some of the the qualities of, like, having... A f- she's really the first friend I've had since being in recovery, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, Janae, but that's a different level, you know. Um, it's nice, because... I haven't really had to make a friend in so long. You know, the friends I do have, I've been friends with them for over a decade. And so, you know, to have that new friendship and for it to, you know, just some of the gains you get since recovery, you know, Mm. it's cool. I'm grateful. What's different this time around? God, everything. No prison. Yeah. No jail. What's different this for you? For this time around? Yeah. Huh. Oh, everything. I I have my own home. I have a, a vehicle. I have oh, a license. Paying bills. That's a good one. Yeah. Paying bills, learning some I have responsibility. A credit score. Like a pretty decent credit score. That's pretty big. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I checked my credit score for the first time. You can give me $200 time. and I'll <laughs> give you a credit card. I was like, wait a minute. I thought you were supposed to give me credit. Well... <laughs> So, yeah, so we had to start from the bottom. But now we, uh... <laughs> I think I'm funnier than some people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Kennedy was bringing the heat. You missed Johnny Kennedy. You missed the man. He was here. He sat here for about 40 minutes or You're so. You're going to have to, like, oh, move in a little take bit. That take that one. Take that one. Take that one. Take that one. Slide around. Here we go. Ginger Malcolm. In Welcome the to the table. Oh, no. So that's what I was just about to say is like, Johnny P. Kennedy, where are you? Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> Man, I know he did not leave without seeing me. He, um, he didn't want to have the bestie knockdown drag out of yeah. Stephen Steen. That's what it was. He went to go and <laughs> do the family thing, he said. He was lucky enough to sneak out when he did. Oh, I cannot believe I missed him. I love him so much. He's so amazing. He was bringing it. He was funny. He was cracking. He was cracking jokes. He was laughing at me for my um, tattoo on my leg. What's on your leg? My talk show host's face. My favorite childhood talk show host. Who is that? Uh, we'll talk about it after the show. Oh Jesus! On the main line. Transparency. Talking on the right, main line. Right. The man that tries to pull people from behind the camera to the front. <laughs> now, now he can't talk. No about one's his ever tattoo. heard. No, it's a local dude from Tampa, Florida. No one's ever heard of him. His name's Ned Ned. That's it. It's a it's a fictional fictitious character. My boy Bill, yeah. my, look at my boy Bill Rogers wearing his NC Raw hoodie at home because he couldn't make it. He couldn't make Aww. it tonight. It's awesome. Look at that. Awesome. What's been going on with you, Ginger? I've, I've missed you. Y'all ready for the holidays? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a uh, okay. So you know I'm a fanatic anyway, and I'm like an overdoer. So. Uh, I have two older children whose birthdays are in December. That's right. So I'm the Black Friday fanatic that I spent with Stephen Steen in line. Brave woman. Scratching tickets with big old huge people's bags before I left. (laughs) And um, like had most of my shopping way done before before December 1st. <laughs> yeah, she was out there on uh, like Black Friday, but it was really the Tuesday yeah, before. The Tuesday before <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Tuesday before wow. Thanksgiving. And worked. So like ran all the way down there to be in line, to get the scratch off, to to um, get in the door and win the prizes. She did. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm a fanatic about that. But I'm a, um, so, you know, we, uh, we either do it big or we don't do it at all. So I'm the Black Friday shopper with, like, the clipboard and the ads and people posted in certain positions and, like, from one spot to the next. Like, I'm... <laughs> If you're going to do it, do it big. There you go. And um, so, and we never lose our hustle. I mean, we just use it in different ways, like what's meant to destroy us empowers us, right? So I'm like a big couponer Absolutely. and all that kind of stuff. So that's like my, my thing. You know? <laughs> like that's, that's my thrill, you know what I mean? And um, when I walk out of Dollar General with like this mile-long receipt and I've spent $9.98 and I'm like, bam. Isn't that amazing <laughs> what recovery does? Like, your exciting thing is coupons. Yeah. Well, amazing. I mean, it's just, it's just still that mentality of, like, I'm going to get the most bang for my buck. Yes, I'm gonna get all, all the coupons oh, yeah. ever. Yeah, and, like, in my addiction, it was, like, I was getting a whole lot more there for a whole lot yeah. less, but it wasn't something... <laughs> It wasn't to wash clothes with <laughs> or to eat. <laughs> That's real stuff, though. It is. And uh, so, um, I don't know. Like, are we going in any one direction? Or are we just talking? Freestyle, or? baby. Freestyle. All right. So, um, like, it's Christmas time, and I just have a whole lot of stuff I want to talk about. Are you just going to let me roll with it? Or yeah, come what? on. Um, so as long uh, as Lauren Garvey's over there getting back to Caleb because he was getting anxious in those in those comments. I know. So why did he not? Um, why is he not uh, at the? Ta- he's probably doing a church thing because it's yeah. Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. I had anticipated seeing him, and Graceland always loves to see them. Um, but uh, what has he got? Some questions? No, he was just checking in. So on. I was telling myself short about running miles. Mm-hmm. Just following up on the conversation that we were having. Struggling at the gym, running miles. Mm-hmm. So he was telling me he gave, they were giving me some uh, <laughs> some positive vibes. Yeah, but like right. one mile is better. Than, but you're running, dude. Oh yeah, I'm you running. Know? <laughs> you're running and lifting and dieting and. I'm gonna all tell the you the things. most impressive thing, and he, I think he got a little offended when I said what I said on social media, but. The most impressive thing I have ever seen Caleb McCoy do on um, social media was when he was like lifting and lifting leg lifting yes, and weight. I was saw like, that. whoa, <laughs> yes. like, that's some real deal Holyfield stuff it like is. that. Like it that is. was empowering. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, if I could, but now I might be overweight, but. I do pack a big punch, and I can lift that bar with several weights on it. And um, but I don't think I could do it doing Get it, girl. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That was hardcore, dude. And I cannot mm-hmm. imagine what that does to his abs, dude. You know what it? Um, how how it hurts? You know what I mean? That's oh, like yeah. some real pain. Like, you know those yeah. those uh, decline push-ups the decline push-ups mm-hmm. i did like 50 of those <gasps> i was sore for a week you remember mm-hmm. i was laying out of the bed i was like oh god but then you know when i watched him i got to thinking like and, and then he was jump roping and all that stuff and you know we're so used to just seeing him run you know um but like those workouts have really got to take him to a place yeah. of like the endurance i'm mm-hmm. sure that's where he gets that endurance to like keep going is that physical fitness you know the overall physical fitness which wow. is the the um the connection between 
Like, we don't just clean, we don't just get clean, or we don't just get in recovery. We got to work on the overall piece. Absolutely. So it's like, if he wants to run the Pacific Coast, like, he's got to do all that extra fitness that we don't mm-hmm. think about. And we, a lot of it's mental, too, yeah. I would imagine. A lot oh, of it's yeah, mental we think and spiritual. About, and yeah, but we just think about him just running and being able to right. run more. But that stuff is what's building his endurance. So right. it's kind of like a really cool... Um, comparison between like doing the footwork and like God doing the rest. Like he's not just trying to run. He's, he's got to have the endurance. He's got to have, you know, he's got to have all that extra work in to get to where he wants to to Mm -hmm. just run Mm -hmm. that far. And, um, I thought that was really, really empowering, you know, what kind of of stuff did Lauren have you doing in the jail? I was doing all the arm machines ever made. (laughs) (laughs) we were doing the biceps um, triceps things i don't understand we're bench we're benching too Um, we were benching i did lunges we try to do the incline and the decline we didn't get to those but um that's really where i've been doing my chest my back my shoulders and stuff which really is what i don't need for running but i was just feeling i just want to feel overall i want everything worked out Mm -hmm. i do legs um, I switch between, and then, you know, my abs and stuff. I struggle with my abs or struggle with those. We did squats, too. Yeah, squats. Yeah. Uh, squats are really good for squats. lifting. Um, <laughs> I you know, do. And I do, and I I do, do. cardio every day. Um, I, probably, I probably don't spend enough time with it, though, for what I'm supposed to be training for. But I realized something when I was training is the overall part is, like, I was just getting on the treadmill, but I was, like... And when I started to work out and do everything is really when I was able to kind of get on the treadmill with a better head. So it's been beneficial to me, you know, kind of like what you were saying, like doing the other parts, too, that builds endurance and stuff like that. And like I hadn't worked out. I mean, like I said, you know, I was a big athlete, but it also in like been 10 years and, you know, shooting dope every day. I, I got from like 160 down to 115 and I was doing that all the time. You know, I gained the weight in jail, get out, lose all this weight and my body was just weak. And when I got clean, my body was just weak. And so mm-hmm. now has really been the time that I've, you know, s- worked out and stuck with it. And, you know, I'm working on the bad eating habits and I'm getting there, you know, and, and, uh, well, she's taught me a lot about nutrition because I've always been, like, small, petite, but I didn't realize how much drinking more water or eating healthier can affect even, like, your your mental. I mean, the other day I was irritated. I drank two bottles of water, and I was fine. Just that. Just that. Yeah. And we don't realize, I think I have depleted myself so much, you know, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, in addiction, you don't realize these things that you need to, to take care of your body, including nutrition and working out. Um, so I'm excited, too, that she's so driven in it because it pushes me. She's like a huge inspiration yeah. uh, for me to, to eat healthier, drink more mm-hmm. water, just simple things that I realize just help me during the day and everyday stuff that I just didn't know because I didn't know how to live. Yeah. Especially know? in the beginning, I think it is crucial to have some sort of accountability partner. Yeah. Until oh you can God. train your mind, challenge your mind, mm-hmm. and learn to like overcome that internal resistance. Because mm-hmm. there's always going to be an excuse, right? I do it all, oh, I do it all yeah. the time. Every freaking day. I get home from work. I'm like, oh, man, I could just go to bed right now. I do not. Even like with like 
simple tasks like sitting down and doing my homework, mm. yeah. sitting down and writing mm. a paper. Like it would just be, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Mm. I'll even like tell mm-hmm. myself bullshit stories. Like I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and do it in the morning. It's not due to, <laughs> it's not due to 1159. It's not due to 1159, bro. For real. And so, like, you know, having that accountability partner, whether it's a friend, whether it's a partner, whether it's whatever, having somebody that can say, all right, Steve, you're full of shit right now. You're telling yourself a story and you're believing you're believing that story. Because I consist I do it all the time, man, all the freaking time. But also, like I've talked about before is um, momentum. Right. You get a little taste of that momentum. Mm -hmm. Right. You drink that water. You hit the gym with her. Mm-hmm. You're getting a little taste of it. You're getting a little, a little taste bit, of it. And it get it, but it provides that freedom. It provides a little bit of that relief. And then what? You want yeah. more. Yeah. Right? I want some more of that relief. I want right. I want more of those endorphins that that treadmill gave mm-hmm. me. Right. Right. And so then you're like, you kind of be, you kind of create that momentum yourself mm-hmm. by having that accountability around you. It creates that momentum yourself. And then you're mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're moving on your own. But then you slip up. Yeah. Right? And then you like, you're like, oh, well, shit, I'd laid in bed all night last night eating a bowl of ice cream. I'm just going to go ahead and do that tonight. I'll hit the gym next week, bro. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, that momentum's rolling back the other way. Right. right? I think for me, a lot of times it's thinking less and doing more. Just mm-hmm. I, I tend to overthink and overanalyze everything oh, and just just get up and do something. You know, like a lot of times if I get in my head on some. Just go do the dishes or <coughs> read a devotion or something simple to just distract my mind for a few minutes. Um, just those little exercises, you know. I've gotten to where I want to go to the gym because I know I'm going to feel better. And I know I'm going to wake up the next day at 4 o'clock in the morning because I work from 5 to noon. I know I'm going to get up and I'm going to feel better about work. And when I do it every day... You know, so I am getting gains in my life, you know. And now I think it's, I'm at that point where, well, now, you know, it's going to separate the boys from the men, you know, girls from the, the Let women. me ask you this. How do you guys, like, do you find that, like, tracking this stuff helps? Like, whether it's journaling it, whether it's, like, the Fitbit or Apple Watch or whatever, like, being able to, like, physically see? Yeah, I have to see I have to see, and you know, like I got the Apple Watch, and I was used to the Fitbit, and I would get so excited when like my Fitbit went off and was like, pew, 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 yeah. you hit your 10,000 steps, and I don't do as well with the Apple Watch, because it doesn't give me like no. the same kind of response that the, um, that the Fitbit did, mm-hmm. so I'm like, dude, maybe I just need to go back to the Fitbit, but I'm a technology buff, so, um, 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 yeah, I needed that. I needed, I needed that. And then, you know, so I had gotten to where um, Caleb was like two or three days a week, Ginger, just get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, and, like, you're asking for a miracle, dude. And I'm, like, on the treadmill, sending him pictures of my feet physically moving, sending him posts on Facebook <laughs> saying, this is what 5.30 in the morning looks like, Caleb McCoy. <laughs> and, um, like, mad about it. But no, not mad, but just like, ugh. God, but just knowing that um, he was waiting to see if I really did it, really gonna, you know, um, <laughs> I would get up and do it. But then, like I said, like I just had a hysterectomy on Monday, and I was really like felt defeated because I was like, here I am, I can't do this anymore for six to eight weeks, and I'm gonna start back from the bottom. But this is, um, but I got like so super excited because I'm gonna tell you guys something. This is so funny. So when I lost all my weight before I got pregnant with Graceland, 
I lost like 47 pounds from like eating right. And are you ready? Just dance. Okay. I love dancing. dancing yeah, yeah, but just really dance good. on the um, PlayStation. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now we've got an Xbox One, and they brought it out for 2019 on the Xbox One. And I was like, oh, my God, when I can go back to working out, this is it. I'm about to get it. There because you go. 20, two or three of those songs is like 20 to 30 minutes of cardio. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was doing it and not realizing that, like, I was getting it in. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like being... Um, like it was fun, you know what yeah. I mean, and um and I'm still at that point where I have to be stimulated in that way, you know what I'm saying? So I'd be up there just dance, California <laughs> girls were undeniable, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But dude, I'd be getting it, and I lost 47 that. pounds that way. I love that. And so like I'm like so super stoked <laughs> that they brought it out for Xbox One. I'm like it's over with. It's going down, <laughs> you know. When we were on the treadmill the other day. I, I only ran for like a couple of minutes. I did like this fast walk on an incline. You know, it's, it's excuses. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to build my legs and glutes, but really I just don't want to run. But I'll listen to my music, and I'll just get this want to dance. Like, while I'm on the treadmill, like, my head's oh, yeah. bobbing, and Dude, I'm, I like, dance on doing the weird things with my arms, and I'm, like, maybe I need to sign up for a dance class. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I was kind of like a bar rat, like a club rat. I loved yeah. that dancing scene, but I haven't really explored it in recovery. And, like, don't let the big girl fool you. I dance on the treadmill. Oh, girl. I'm talking about I be turning yeah. and, moving <laughs> and moving my feet and all that stuff. Like, I dance on the treadmill. I'm, like, dude, I'm going to get so good i'm gonna make one of those videos of those people that like walk backwards and all that stuff on there the you go there you go yeah, yeah so that was, was that the james james brown the moon the moonwalk yeah that's yeah. michael jackson girlfriend. oh you're so young <laughs> i should i should have known that we were in the yeah. 90s we started singing in sync we would wish we were recording we'd be famous oh yeah we actually oh, did record what did we record two. oh uh savage garden Truly, madly, deeply. Yeah. Oh, it's it's sweet. It'll break your heart. This Babe, we gotta get going. We gotta put this on Facebook or something. Um, it's where's the nanny cam of Ginger dancing in her living room? Where's my son? Oh, He's under the table. It. We're gonna <laughs> okay. get it. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. Um, shout out to all the kids tonight. They've had fun, but like they've actually been pretty. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah I would say. Good. Yeah. I mean, Bianca. So we didn't lose them. So are that's you good. closing it down, or are they just leave? Are they? We're gonna out? close it down. Are you serious? I thought you were starting at seven. We started at five. Started at five thirty. The front door, dude. That's what the, the front door. That's what the Facebook said. My I've been posting it up. Side for that. Yeah, we've been on for an hour and thirty minutes already, and we sat here and ate and socialized for a little bit but before the few we started. Minutes you were on here was amazing. Yeah. Will you That's give me ten you. minutes? Yeah, let's talk. We can talk for ten minutes. Which we, me and her, are actually going shopping. Merry we're going Christmas, to Target. Everyone. Is Target still open? They close at ten. Oh yeah, you're going shopping. Yeah. So give me 10 minutes because I just want to say, oh, the Janae, main thing. Thank you so much. Thanks you for coming. You guys were amazing. Y'all, I can't believe I'm late. I'm always y'all late. Y'all are the best. I'll be late to my own funeral. They're so cute. No, be careful, cute. man. Um, no, I just, um, I didn't realize it started at 5. That's I left okay. my house at 4.30. I got a lot going on. I understand. Um, a lot of life on life's terms showing up right now. You're doing um, it. You're doing it. Yeah, but I'm staying connected. Just, you've been through a lot with your surgery, and you got... Yeah. You said your eye surgery is well, yeah, postponed. Had, um, Good news. Yeah, yeah. So um, my blood pressure is like totally out of control, and it has stopped. Um, I'm already blind in my left eye. It has stopped blood flow to my right eye and um, carotid some of my arteries. And so 
I'm at really high risk to lose the sight in my right eye if I don't get my blood pressure under control. But, like, God's got it. He's going to take care of it, and I believe in that. But um, the only really main amazing thing I want to say today is that, um, you know, holidays are rough. Like, they're really, really, really rough for people, but we have a whole lot to be grateful for. Like, the gratitude is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, you know, just to have so much gratitude um, for all that's been happened, all that we've been given, all that uh, we've done. Um, uh, just the fact that... Uh, like that I've been given so much even through my pain, like even in this situation, like I have been blessed again and again and again and again and again. And I just want us all to remember that, um, you know, for me that, that Jesus is the reason for the season, but we have so much to be grateful for. And I have so much to be grateful for, you know, um, even in our pain with the holidays, like God has just continued to bless me and to keep me into this place where, I'm going to be okay no matter what. And um, there's like a hundred stories I could tell you. I swear, my God, I had so much to say. But it's all right. It wasn't meant for me to say it tonight. But um, I just want us all to remember that even in our pain and in our losses and the things that we think about, um, just to be grateful, like to be so, so grateful for everything that we do have and that we are able in recovery to give our children a, pr a Christmas. We're able to be present. We're able to be... Um, hey, y'all go ahead and take some of that food too. Oh, yeah. Take a plate to go. We're able to be participants in their life, you know. We're able to, um, to just watch them open presents and remember it, you know what I mean? Let me ask you this, Ginger. You're speaking on gratitude and um, talking about the importance of staying, gra staying grateful what um I got some volume coming in there it's okay what do you um do you have any any ideas techniques personal experience when this is a focus of your life right and mm -hmm. when you're attempting to um place this emphasis on recognizing what you're grateful for on a regular basis. What do you do when you hit a slump? What do you do when you... I'm in a slump right yeah, now. Yeah, so what do you do? You show up tonight? I show up, mm -hmm. and I get up out of the bed, and I push myself no matter what. How do you make yourself, how do, you make yourself do that? Because I think that we learn in recovery to stay in the solution. Mm -hmm. And I know that staying in the bed is not in the solution. That's stuck in the problem. And to be in the solution, like, I've got to know that I've got to do something different. And that affects all areas of my life. And, you know, coming from a place of N.A., it's like um, we admitted that we were powerless over our disease and our lives had become unmanageable. And it's not just about what people call the disease or disorder or whatever. It's about I admit that right now, life on life's terms, I'm powerless. There's nothing I can do but pray and walk it out. And um, I do the footwork and let God do the rest. And so if, and if I don't do that, if I don't accept that, my life becomes unmanageable. If I don't accept that, that I can't fix everything right now, that it's not in my hands, that it's not in my time to fix, manage, and control the situation, 
then my life is become unmanageable is going to become unmanageable and unmanageable for me means depression staying in the bed missing work not being an active participant in my children's life you know what i'm saying and remember what matters if i'm grateful for my children and to be able to give them a christmas then i have to remember that i got to get up to be a present in their day it's christmas eve I can't stay in the bed, and I'm not in a good place right now. And for you, it's not just Christmas. It's Christmas and birthdays, you said. Yeah, right? my son's birthday is the day after Christmas. Yeah. My daughter's is before Christmas. And, um, you know, my children, I have never, even through my addiction, I have never spent Christmas morning without my children. And um, That's something and to was, be grateful for right yes, there. Yes, and um, without all of my children. And in the midst of all of this, the surgery and... Um, not being able to drive and all that kind of stuff and go the distance. Um, I had no idea that my children, you know, my 20-year-old that's in um, college and all, they're making the trek like they're on their way now to come see me, to be with me for Christmas. And um, and I, it's always been me going to them because of the circumstances of, um, you know, them being in Georgia and stuff like that. And that wasn't something I could do this year. And, and they, they did it for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But, but like you said, like, how do I get to that place where I just get up and keep moving? I don't have a choice, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we always have a choice, but for me, if I want to stay on that same pathway, I got to get up and do something different. I mean, it's just like Caleb getting up and... And going to the gym, it's just like Laurie getting up and going to the gym anyway, you know, and then getting the accountability partner, Janae. Like, we got to get up and do something different. If I want something different, I got to do something different. I know how to stay in the bed and, and be depressed. You know, know the, and you know what the outcome is. And I know what the outcome is. I play the tape all the way through. I know what's going to happen, you know, and it's not going to be pretty for me. And... um you know, I've got some personal issues going on. I went to a funeral yesterday of uh, my best friend all the way from high school. I've been friends with her for 25 years. Her father and my father were born on the same day. And, um, you know, I sat in that, it's empty. in that funeral knowing that, you know, we're never promised tomorrow. And, um, and I just got to do something different. And, it, and it's to the point, and when I say I'm not in a good place, it's not just personal, like it's health-wise. I've met a crossroads in my life where if I don't do something different, it's going to affect my overall health. And how much more time do I have with my children? And this is me not using. This is me clean for almost seven years. This is me and still having consequences. But what you're saying is you recognize it and you're making a conscious decision. Oh, yeah, and I'm telling what's crazy is, like, you know how you get a made-up mind about I'm done using? Like, there's other obstacles in your life that we have to continue to get a made-up mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got a, I'm, I, I feel my, I'm right at the point where, like, I've got a made-up mind. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't eat the foods. I can't make the choices, and it's going to have to be a total lifestyle change. And, you know, I'm praying and hoping I go into a 21-day fast at the beginning of the year um, to see me throughout the year. And that's going to make a huge change in my life. And I haven't done it in a few years. And I know that it's very necessary for my spiritual, mental capacity and my recovery. Like, when it's time to do something different, 
you know, it's time to purge out the old and bring in the new. And what better time than to go into a fast at the beginning of the year to bring you through the whole year. I've seen the miracles that happen in times like that. And um, it's just, it's time for me to do something different. You know, and I'm even at that point in recovery with different lifestyle obstacles. Yeah. What I was talking with Janae actually kind of hit on what you're talking about before mm-hmm. you got here and what I was talking with her, the, the beautiful thing about this lifestyle, the beautiful thing about recovery and living this way is that what I've learned is the importance of like normalizing that. Like there's no escaping that Mm-mm. you're going through this shit now and down the road, more shit's going to be there. More shit's going to come up. And so like, we're learning how to like, for me, we're learning to like accept that, you talked about living life on life's terms and like just kind of like being able to to recognize it and kind of find the find the peace in the chaos mm-hmm. right there's some there's it's there there's 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 peace in the chaos but we got to oh, find yeah. it you got to recognize it and like it sounds like you're doing that and it sounds like you're you're making that conscious decision to do the most appropriate thing mm-hmm for your overall well-being, and most importantly, your family's overall. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. Like, when we're using, we're thinking about, if I don't get myself together, how much more time do I have with my children if someone doesn't take them from me first? You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Now, in recovery, I'm I'm at that same crossroads. How much more time do I have with my children if I don't begin to take care of myself? And yes, Kayla McCoy, I saw the comment, I will be... At uh, day one, baby. At day one. Oh, yeah, because I will be entered into my fast. I will be, I, and I'm coming for that thing. And, and you know, I just want to say really quick, like, over Thanksgiving, I covered a, a woman's trauma uh, outpatient group, um, and it's the trifecta. It's the substance abuse, eating disorder, and mental health. And I'm listening to these women talk yeah, about yeah. eating disorders and, like, purging and, and um restricting food and all that stuff and um i'm listening to them talk and i'm like holy cow these women look at food and eating disorders like i look at diets the same way and i was like if nothing more like i need um you know, like when you go to Mission Weight Loss and you want to get a gastric bypass or the sleeve or something, which is not something I'm looking into, but they make you go through six months of psychiatric and nutrition. And I'm like, if nothing more, I need to go there for the six months of psychiatric and nutrition because my thought process about food is so distorted, you know? And I always knew I was an emotional eater, But, like, realizing that I see diets like they do, like, you know, they restrict food, and the minute they eat, it's like they've broken the chain, and they've got to restrict more. Where, for me, when I'm trying to eat right, the minute I eat wrong, I'm like, oh, screw it, I've messed it up, and I just gorge, I binge, and just eat everything I'm not supposed to eat. And that is, you know, like Caleb McCoy's talking about with this uh, day one, like that's that much more of something I need fed inside of me, you know, and then for this to be a spiritual event for spiritual adrenaline, when I'm on a spiritual fast, I mean, it's nothing but God, you know, 
And um, that's just an amazing place to be and an amazing thing to happen, you know, for all those things to be in place at the right time, at the right place. And that's how he works. Like, that's how amazing he is in my life. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Ginger Malcolm, the wheels are coming off. I all, know, right? all hell's breaking all loose. All hell's breaking loose in here. The kids are running crazy. It's Christmas Eve. Ho, ho is coming tonight. I appreciate you coming in. I feel so guilty and better, so bad. Better late than never. I, I value every moment that I get to talk with you. I know. Even though man. it was brief, you know we will do it again. I know. Thank you guys for tuning in to NC Raw, North Carolina Recovery Always. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll catch y'all later. Good night, y'all. Good night. Good night. All right. You guys behave. Day one, spiritual adrenaline.